Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for clicking on our conversation with Keshi. We have an album, EPs, singles to dive into, an entire career to discuss with this human being from Houston, Texas, and I couldn't be more excited. Please share our podcast with those you care about and let us know who you're listening to so we know who we should invite on the show next. Reach out whenever you want at Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Okay, Keshi's on the Zoom. Let's go. Hello, beautiful human. Yeah. I'm Zach. That's Dan. Yep. And uh, we got Keshi here. We were talking Thank you about, for having me. We're talking about Texas. Do you really genuinely right. feel like you are Texas born, bred? You are a Texas man? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I've been here my entire life. I've gone nowhere else. Like, I grew up around um, just like tons of land, seeing like cows and animals graze all over me, you know? But I'm from an area that's like, not so rural, um, definitely more suburban, but yeah, Texas life is in my blood. Is it in, in my blood. Is it in your music at all? Does it come through in your music? Oh, that's an interesting question. I feel like I've grown up in a time where music was uh, very global because of the internet. So it's not like I was like localized in that sort of sense. Um, I do appreciate country music. I know a lot of people are kind of weird about certain genres like, like if you like country you don't like hip-hop if you like hip-hop you don't like country but i mean i like both guitar where does that come from in your life right How do you discover it because i'm assuming right. you're playing guitar on every record i am playing the guitar in every single record yeah um i first fell in love with the guitar just from um I watched a show called Drake and Josh and there's a character on there named Drake and Drake Bell and he got all the ladies because he played in the band and stuff. And I think that made a very strong impression on a young, mm-hmm. on a young me. And uh, I've always wanted to play. So um, I asked my mom one day if, if she would get me a guitar, if she would, you know, help me figure out how to play it. And she was like, no. And I was like, great. <laughs> she thought that I was going to pick it up and like throw it away like it was a toy. Um, so the only reasonable thing to do at that point was to uh, like, go past her and ask grandpa if uh, he would give me a guitar because i mean I, I say that as a joke but he did he did play a little bit and i remember seeing them around the ground like the grandparents house so and you ended um, up yeah. learning from a vietnamese music book correct that's exactly right so um i'm gonna talk about this like with um somebody else later but they uh my grandparents ran a dry cleaner store um down in downtown houston and i my parents would drop me off there during the summer because like they needed somebody to to watch my brother and i and um i would be in the back of the dry cleaner store and uh my grandpa brought his big fat classical guitar one day he was like here like you can fiddle around with it for the day and i was glued to it the whole day and uh glued to it ever since really yeah do you remember like what was it that drew you to it i mean obviously you see drake bell of drake and josh right right right. all the chicks so that's one part of it and and first of all like how weird is that that like we we are truly like as you look back in life you are kind of defined by the media that you soak in and what you were around right it's it's your environment for sure anything that you consume it, it it has a really strong impression on you especially when you're like that young you know um so yeah it it was uh i can't really explain what it was there was like an intrigue to to picking it up and and holding it in my hands and um i think it's because i longed for it for so long that once it was in my lap i was like oh like finally like it it feels right and then you start figuring out like oh you put your finger on the fretboard and it makes like a different tone and all that sort of jazz and 
um, I w- it was just electrifying, really. I never thought that it'd be so simple, but I found a way. <laughs> I found a way. What What are you quoting? That yeah. is the theme song of Drake and Josh. That's a theme <laughs> song. That is a theme song to Drake and Josh. It's called "I Found a Way." That was one of the first songs that I learned on the guitar, actually. By of course, way, it had to be right. Yeah, naturally. And by the way, yeah. one of the greatest theme songs of all time, written by Backhouse Mike, aka Michael Corcoran, an incredible human being and a good friend of the show and ours. We love him very much. You know, it's very weird. Like I never thought like a show like Drake and Josh would have so much influence on music in future years. But uh, you know, it, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. Honestly, it's a yeah, it's it's, it's come full circle. Um, Drake Drake Bell was definitely one of my inspirations for picking up the guitar, but in terms of like learning to be a songwriter and wanting to make music my own, that's definitely my hero is John Mayer. Like he's just like I mean you yeah you have battle studies like on my wall right there. So you you can hear it. I think and, yeah. and moving forward, <laughs> the only thing you should learn from Drake Bell is cautionary tales, my friend. Cautionary <laughs> tales. Um, you really do hear the John Mayer influence in the records that you put out, and I want to kind of go through some of my right. favorites, but. Beside you is a song that, I, I, how would you describe this song in your life before right. you released it? Uh, this was a really interesting song for me to write, honestly. Um, the first and foremost thing being that it, it was a collaborative effort, and I'm kind of notorious for not being able to play well with others. It's not because like I'm like mean or anything. It's just because I'm very like um, like picky about like my lyrics and my melodies and where I go. So it was the first time where somebody sent me over a beat and that's somebody being Maddie on of all people. So um, just an incredible dude, incredible producer and DJ and artist. And uh, it was, uh, I, so the story is that they sent me over the track um, before I had a call with him and I kind of wanted to impress him. So I was like, I'm going to have something written on this track before we even talk. So I laid down the hook right away, um, and then we got on the call, and then I played it for him. And then um, I think at that moment, the both of us realized that we might be onto something really special. Um, so that was like a really important stepping stone for me, collaborating for the first time. And Maddie, on another like young guy, we mentioned him the right. other day. He collaborated with Porter Robinson after many right. years. Um, right. So obviously, that's not a way that you usually write. When somebody gives right. you a beat and you have to craft something to it, mm-hmm. what what headspace do you put yourself in for beside you? I mean, it sounds like you're talking to somebody. Right. I mean, absolutely. I I have a tendency to write bittersweet sorts of songs, songs that are like a little more vulnerable um, and a little bit more solemn. And I wanted to have an exercise in kind of writing lyrics for the sake of this, the track, you know what I mean? Like something that complements the sound, like um, being a courteous writer, that's that's what I'd call it. And um, after I wrote the hook, the, the, the words just kind of poured themselves out as like for the verse portions. The funniest thing is that like, I had written the hook, we wrote the, pre-hor- the pre-chorus together over like FaceTime. He sent me the stems over email. And um, I actually put it down for a couple of months. I put it down for a couple of months to, to focus on uh, working on, on my album. And then uh, one day in LA, I had a lackluster day in the studio. So I was like, I want to be productive today. So I cracked it open. And um, also my team loved the song. So they were like, please, please finish it. So I was like, okay, let me let me crack my hand at it. Um, I finished it that day and I sent it over. I called Maddie on too. I was just like, hey, do you like this? And he's like, I love it. So yeah. 
so when you decided to put it down, where yeah. was the song at? Like how far along was it? The so the arrangement definitely needed some work. I mean, all the production that you hear is is, is still there, um, but it was mainly the verses. The pre-chorus and the hook were, were were done, and that tends to come very naturally to me. Um, filling in the gaps with the substance is definitely where I think most people have like trouble writing a song. So, so when you put it down, are you 90% of the way there? Like what needed to be finished when you had a crap yeah. day in LA and you wanted to fill time? Yeah, it was, um, so I had had a really lackluster, like writing sort of day the day before, like I spent like eight hours in the studio. I just like could not come up with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that for the most part, I would classify like the hook and the pre-chorus and the production. I would say that's like, like seventy percent done. It's just a third of it that just kind of needs to be banged out. But you, you still want to be thoughtful with it. Um, so when I heard the song, I envisioned like you're like taking a breather from like a smoky, crowded ass room at a club, and you're just trying to like um, have a breath, and then you lock eyes with somebody that you were locking eyes with the whole night, basically kind of a vibe. When yeah. you're writing songs, just you. Are right. you starting with a guitar or right. are you starting with a story that you want to tell and then you're putting guitar to it? Uh, I always start with the guitar. Always start with the guitar. Um, the lyrics definitely come like after the fact. Um, and even if I do have something to say, I'll always start with the guitar first. Um, the first thing I gravitate towards is just like interesting chords or an interesting chord progression or an interesting voicing. I'm a little bit of a music theory nerd. I just like hearing variety in my music. I like hearing a little bit of spice in it, whether it comes from the drums or like, you know, the chords or anything else, whether it's on a guitar or piano, you know, yeah. Does a guitar make its way into the creation of Beside You at all or? It does, it actually does. How? So the funny thing about the the thing about Beside You is that the chords are, chords are always very important to me. Um, and the chords that Maddion chose are actually right in like my territory, right exactly where I'd go. Um, so I did add like a little bit in there, but I think that he definitely sampled some or he used some like synth based guitar. Um, but, uh, it's like, it's over here. Yes. This is the guitar writer over here. And then, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So those are the chords that I is home for me. So that's, it came very naturally. Hey, beautiful human, how many subscription services are you paying for each month? Do you know? Subscriptions really do add up, and sometimes we don't notice the monthly deductions from our bank accounts. At least I know I didn't. I ended up signing up for so many things, I lost track of all of it, and I was trying to get my finances under control. It was like a Hail Mary move going right into 2021, and you know what? I found Truebill, and Truebill has changed my financial life. It is the smartest way to manage your finances. It's all done in an easy-to-use app. You can review your recurring charges all in one place. Plus, Truebill makes it so easy to cancel subscriptions right through the app. Or they'll even renegotiate your monthly price to try to lower it. They took my cell phone bill and they ended up saving me like $10 a month. It was crazy. I promise you, Truebill is legit. They have a variety of tools to help customers like you and me, improve our finances, create monthly budgets and expenses. You can track and evaluate savings goals. Plus, you can easily identify fraudulent activity and they offer you many, many ways to save on your bills. That's the biggest freaking part. And Truebill has bank level security. They really are no joke. You'll be able to feel good about your finances again. At least I've been able to. 
And did you know that people think that they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but they actually spend closer to $200 a month? And Truebill has saved its users more than $50 million. Ha! That's amazing. There's over a million users using Truebill, and they've left their rave reviews at Truebill.com. I am one of those users. I'm telling you, the average person is saving $720 a year using Truebill. So why wouldn't you do it? Get started today at Truebill.com slash Zach. Take control of your finances and start saving at Truebill.com slash Zach. Did you teach yourself the instrument and learn from books and YouTube? Yeah, I taught myself everything. I learned, I wouldn't say books, but yeah, pretty much YouTube, yeah. YouTube entirely. Shout out to Ultimate Guitar, even though like I have to like watch an ad every time I pull up my phone now. Um, shout out Chordbook, you know. The first step was definitely just learning all of my chords and uh, yeah, big guitar nerd. I loved watching just, I remember watching just all of the, the tour videos that John Mary did like back when I was like 15 and stuff. I would just watch all of the live Nokia theater videos. So what do you learn from somebody like John Mayer? Oh, you learn voicings. You learn voicings. Um, here, do you want me to show you really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's tons of different ways to play the E chord, right? You can play here. You can play here. Right? But he'll play it like this. Mm. So that's like really nice and full and complex and different. And um, I don't know. You, you just kind of learn where he likes to go on the neck. You know, he sort of no such thing as like... Then it goes up here. And I'm like, what is that? But it's an A chord. But it's just. So you have to watch yeah. and listen to everything he's doing to learn, correct? Right. Yeah. You just kind of, I mean, I'll try to like zoom in and be like, where the hell are his fingers, you know, and try to figure it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the most part, it's using your ear. And then once you figure out like, why he does certain things you figure out like what the formula is so are you still every day learning how to better yourself at guitar absolutely absolutely um you there's a certain point where you like hit a bit of a wall and you slow down but you know what i've been learning a lot is um i've started finally working with a producer and uh that that's that feels really good to say also um and you learn so much just as a person and a producer and a writer just by like collaborating with other people so yeah. uh, i'm shocked that it took me so long to be able to open up to do it but he's been teaching his name is ely ely's been teaching me tons of different guitar but it is scary right because everything else you've done you've pretty much done yourself and it clearly right. works so right right that's definitely the, the, the dilemma that i that i face but um at a certain point you start to realize there's like a wall in front of you and and you want to just like you know overcome it and um there's no better teacher than like somebody else to, to help you you know was it hard to find the right producer because yes the stories you tell are pretty honest and very vulnerable and they seem transparent yeah, yeah. yes it was absolutely very very hard for me to find a producer that um i jive well with mainly because uh there weren't that many that we were looking for that that worked out of logic and i work out of logic so like i just know all the shortcuts like by heart and everything and it's so convenient for me to be able to switch out of the chair when i need to um and to let him like set up the microphones and everything and, and to like record me but i like to put like intentful like little cuts like i mix and like cut and arrange the track at the same time as i'm writing 
So like, I need to be involved in like the whole thing. I wish I could take my hands off, but I can't. I just, I just can't. Wait, you said you arrange while you write. How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So by arrange, I just mean like copying and pasting like the, the drum tracks and like when they come in, like when does the tempo like increase in terms of like the hi-hats and the snare come at the pre-chorus and then in the hook, everything comes in. But maybe I want things to like take a break for like one measure and then like snap back in. Like I just like a big variation in where the drums are. What's come easier to you, learning guitar or learning how to write a song? Oh, uh, they go hand in hand. They definitely go hand in hand. I learned how to play the guitar first though, um, for sure. I played the guitar for like two or three years, um, learning the in and outs of all the chords and everything. And I think there's a natural inclination to want to start singing and a natural inclination to want to start like writing your own music and, um, kind of expressing yourself so yeah D does that only come when you have something to say it comes most naturally when you have something to say yeah there are definitely times when you do run out of some steam and you're slamming your head against a track that you know that doesn't want to come out and those are the definitely the toughest times for me and uh but i can confidently say that the past month has been very fruitful like i've been writing a bunch of music so i'm stoked how do you approach writing your debut album compared to your eps I was very confused about that too. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was really lost. I, I I was like paralyzed. I didn't want to come into my studio. I was I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to write anything or that something that I would make would sound exactly the same as the things that I made before. And I've always wanted to make like a continuum. I've always wanted to make something like undeniable, like you know, like a classic. So what I did was I went onto the Rolling Stones website. I was like, what is a good album? And they have like a top 500 list. I went through like 50 of them. Like I just listened to them top to bottom because I was like, what the hell makes a good album? I, I need to figure it out. Um, and what I learned was that there's no formula. There's no formula. There's like, like I listened to the Beach Boys. I listened to Prince. I listened to Nirvana. Yeah. I listened to Marvin Gaye. Um, like there's like they all just do whatever they want to do and they do it. And it's 100 percent them. So I think that was really freeing for me to um, to realize that like as long as I trust myself and um, trust my intuition, I'll be able to make something that's pure and something that's me. And um, I think for the EPs, the difference was that I was definitely in a battle of, you know, will my A&R like this? Will my fans like this? Like I never really cared about whether I liked it or not. I mean, I do love the songs, but that was at the forefront of my mind. So now making the record, everything is 100%. I'm in love with it. What changes for the, the, the perspective or who whose opinion matters? Like how like what 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 has to shift for that to shift too? I think it's more about like in my head, you know. Um I'm sure that honestly like my A&R would be thrilled to hear whatever that I would come up with. Um I think that it was just a battle between me and thinking like like what's gonna what's gonna break me or like what's what's the general public who's not my fans like what are they gonna love you know it's shifting that back and um having confidence in in my own sort of natural tendencies is there a fear of doing something that sounds like something else absolutely yeah but that, that's art right it's kind of off what he said what, what you said before if your eps did so well and you grew this huge fan base why why right. why is it wrong to make your debut album similar to the EPs? Is there something like is that not what you're going for? That's a good point. Um I think it's 
I think that repeating yourself over and over again is something that gets stale. And I feel like I've kind of done what I set out to do with those first EPs. And they've like, they are my favorite version of like what that style is. So I want to go and kind of check out other territories and basically put my all into it and try to make that succeed as well. Um, so yeah, I think every artist wants to definitely evolve. It's, it's definitely not like so out of what I'm used to doing. Um, just a little bit more for me this time, you know. I like really strange music. I like I like songs that are like really weird and the drums get like funky, you know. Drunk. It's one of my favorite songs you've ever done. Uh, Thank you. It, where are you at? What do you witness to bring this song to life? Right. So Drunk is a song that is. Um, it's like a love letter. A love letter. I think it's like an. It's a, like a love letter to an ex. It's like a, a reminiscing sort of story because. Uh, there were times where, so I, I went to school in Austin, I went to UT Austin, and we would get uh, really drunk on a place called Sixth Street. Um, it's like just a street filled with bars. I don't know if y'all have been, ever been there, but it's great. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would often go and get smashed with them over there. And uh, sometimes you think about like the past people in your life, and um, there are certain things that you didn't get a chance to say because things might have ended prematurely. And I think that's 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 what drunk is. Drunk is wishing that you know. Oh man, I wish, I wish I had said this. Um, you know, I I said I love you, and they didn't believe me. I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, um, how are you? Sort of a deal. I hope you're doing okay. Sort of deal. But um, I think about you every now and then. But I, I I don't want you like that anymore. But I hope you're doing okay. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you need to know that that song hits the person that you needed to hit? No, I, I think I'd I think I'd rather that I didn't know. I think that song that's that's where the song the song's heart kind of is. It's about like not knowing. I as long as I got it out there, I think that's satisfying enough for me. You are a nurse. You went to college to be a nurse, right? Like, are you a right. registered nurse? Like, could you save my life if I choked in? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I could. Yeah, I'm confident that I, that I could. Awesome. I was a registered nurse. Um, I'm no longer registered because your license expires a year after you stop practicing. Got it. So that that's been I think it's been like a year since I stopped now, or like a year and a half since I stopped. So not registered anymore. But yeah, I did go to school for it for four years, and I worked in the med center in Houston for a couple of years. I hung uh, chemotherapy. Yeah, you were in oncology, which right, right. E even the want to get into that field, you. Right have to have some strength you have to have a considerable amount of compassion and empathy yeah yeah positivity right yeah. also while being smart and detail-oriented and a bunch of other stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah there has to be a connection between the want or you you have to carry with you things that you right. that you, you you had as a nurse that you've applied right. to your music because right. watching people in their darkest days and helping people through their darkest days Right. I, it it unlocks a certain level of empathy. It has to, unless right. you know you're a cold-hearted person, which I highly doubt. 
I don't think it unlocks empathy. I think that people who are naturally empathetic kind of gravitate towards the field. Yes. Um, but it, it gave me perspective. Working as a nurse gave me perspective because I met all sorts of different people. And I, I feel like you hear this from a lot of people who like work in the field, but it's, it's, it's true. Like, um, I feel like when you live your life, you are isolated to your circle of people and like-minded people who, you know, share the same beliefs or, you know, cultures. And um, like the hospital doesn't like, they don't, they don't organize things based on your preferences. Like they, they, you're there to work and you meet people from all walks of life, like young and old, like it just taught me that like, we're so similar, but we're so different at the same time. And everybody has their own life to live and everyone's life is equally as complex and deep as your own, you know, and they just happen to be at a strange point in their life and you're, you're there to help them. Um, so I, I did learn a lot about people and about myself and how much I could emotionally take. Um, it was, it was a very valuable experience in my life and I'll, I'll never forget it, but I'm much happier like working as a musician. Trust me. I mean, an emotional burden that you, I mean, it, it, it was emotionally taxing being a nurse. Absolutely, absolutely emotionally taxing. And I tried to to make it seem like it wasn't. Um, they pride thick skin in that field. Um, so, like, if you can't hack it, you just gotta you just gotta deal with it. Um, so, I think that I came to a certain point where I thought, like, I don't think I can take this anymore. And you know, I think that that's that's okay. I think everybody has their sort of limit. You ever write about any? thing you experienced while working in the hospital? Um, no, I made a very clear point to like separate my lives, which uh, caused me a lot of stress, I think. Like I made it so that like, I would come home at the end of the day and think like, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not actually doing this. I'm actually doing my music thing. You know, that's, that's, that's what everything's really for. Um, but you can't really deny that nursing is a big part of your life when you're at the hospital for 36 plus hours a week, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's your job. Um, so I would come home and on my four off days, I would make music like every, every waking hour. And I would just, I don't know, try to make something happen. And, uh, I wrote a song called Skeletons that kind of talks about like, man, this is not the life that I wanted. Um, and how my life was kind of in two different parts. So it's just a stressor. Like I never wrote about nursing, but Skeletons just did come out. From that stress yeah how'd you get there who said maybe you should be a nurse <laughs> it was um you know funnily enough it was a passing comment in high school and uh i had no idea what i was gonna do um in my life and i was like i want to go to i want to go to berkeley i want to go to boston i'm gonna be a musician you want to and go my to parents school were like, for music yeah which... i wanted exactly i believe I john to mayer to went there no John Mayer did go there. That that's that was one of the big reasons. I was like, I'm gonna be just like him. <laughs> um, so, but my parents are obviously against it. So then they were like, okay, um, try to look for something else. And I was like, medicine. Do I want to be a doctor? No. Nursing. Yeah, let's try it. I'm good with people. Um, I like talking to people. That is not a necessary skill requirement, by the way, like at all for being a nurse. Like that is, if, if that's like your reasoning for don't do it. Um, but I, it didn't really matter to me like what field that I ended up in because I was always going to do my music thing anyways. It was, it was just a means to, to fund the passion. Everything always was.
Were you defeated when your parents didn't want you to go to Berkeley? Did you feel like that was the end of the road? No, I um I, I got it. You know, you understand. Like they 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 were immigrants from from Vietnam during the war. They 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 set up the lives the way they were so that we could have the opportunity here. So um basically what happened was that I had a huge fight with my family um when I wanted to go part-time because music started taking off in a way that I didn't expect. And um I was like I think I need to spend a little more time like like trying to make something here and uh my dad took it as me not being grateful for their sacrifices and that was a conversation that we had to clear the air about and i was like dad if anything like this is me like taking the most advantage of the sacrifices that you know you made over there um didn't talk for a while after that um but the great thing was that like you know things ended up okay and um well actually the funny story is that like uh, there came a day at the hospital that was absolutely horrid for me and I broke down like emotionally and um, the next day I handed in my resignation. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, there was no guarantee. I was not signed. I was not signed at all. I was having flights to New York, but there was nothing for me. Um, I just quit. I was like, that, that's it. But then the next weekend I flew out and I sent to Ireland. So all's well that ends well. well I, I'm getting verklempt just hearing this because <laughs> I mean, yeah. You and I mean that must have hurt like your dad thinking that like you're ungrateful like that I mean that could not like absolutely I I, I got I got I got it though like I I understood like um you know to them having their son throw away like the college education that they thought anyone could dream of you know that's it four years all the money gone down the drain for what so I can chase a silly dream um but he didn't he wasn't there watching like the growth like like i was and i i started to understand i was like no i think i think i just need to take a chance and i think the sooner that we all realized that it was taking a chance rather than like committing for the rest of my life yeah the more comfortable everyone got with it but and at the end of the day they had in mind one version of the american dream for you and you had right. in mind a whole different version that right. that your parents yeah. couldn't even have imagined because the internet right. in the way that it was when you were learning right. and getting music out there, it just didn't exist. Like it, it did like, not no. That power and that potential was so not near your fingertips. Right, right. Where, it's, it's exponential. Yeah, like like nobody's like insane, insane. Right. So, so where are they at today? Do they accept what you do? Absolutely. Yeah. The funny thing was that when I um, when I did come home that day after the horror day, I, I talked to my mom at the dinner table because I was still living at their house. And uh, I was like, Mom, like, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I'm going to quit tomorrow. So she was like, go, go do it. You, you can do it. And uh, like they came around. And the funniest thing is that like my dad is like he, he kind of beams when he talks about me to, to like my uncles and aunties. You know, he's like so proud and he won't say it to my face, but I can I can tell, you know, and and that makes me really happy. You know, I just I just want to make them proud and, you know, wish the best for them. Do you think that you would have a successful music career if you didn't go to college and work in a, like at a real job in a hospital? Damn, I think about that all the time. I'm like, damn, why didn't I start sooner? Like I could have I could have I could have like had something like like years ago. But honestly, um there was a certain hunger that bred when I was, um, when I was working as a nurse. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say bred, I would say festered. That's definitely the word that I would, that I would use. 
um, it just felt like that resentment really fueled me to just try everything I could to get out of it. Um, and maybe less so as a goal and more so as an escape, like, man, like this job sucks. I got to do something that, that makes me happy. Um, it's all, it's always been to just make me happy. Um, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't really think that I would be where I am if I, a didn't go to college or B went to Berkeley for music school. I think that probably would have crushed me too. So you said that the music started taking off and you weren't expecting it. Where was it yeah. taking off from? Like, what were you doing while nursing? That this, right. like, where were people hearing it? Where what was happening? Right. So I started Keshi back in college, um, like my junior year of college, as a SoundCloud account that was like anonymous. Like, I didn't show my face. I didn't tell. The thing was, I didn't tell anybody about it. Like, I was sick of just hearing like, oh yeah, good job from like friends and family, like a hundred people like that I had on Facebook. I wanted, I wanted real validation, meaning somebody else who isn't trying to save your feelings, like enjoyed the music. Um, so I was keeping up with that even as I worked through like doing nursing and there started coming a point where like the YouTube channel, like content aggregators, like the the individuals who would like post stuff on like lo-fi channels and stuff they would reach out to my soundcloud and be like hey this is really cool like can i post this like it was never me going to anybody else to like post anything i was always just like yeah sure and slowly the traction just like snowballed like as organically as it could have ever been because i made it a point to not talk like to not reach out to anybody as keshi himself like it was just very like i post and that's it if you guys like it then you can repost it and um, it got big to the point where like some random dude hit me up on email and it was like, hey, I like what you're building. Like, um, can we get on a call? And I was like, that's the first time anyone's wanted to get on a call. And that random dude ended up being my manager, <laughs> like a random dude on the internet. He just hit me up. And uh, it was funny because he was like, how do you how do you feel about having a manager? I was just like, I don't need a manager. I've grown this whole thing by myself. Like, why do I need you? <laughs> And then he was like, hey, like, I can take those calls with, with labels, you know, when they when they start reaching out. And I was like, what label is going to want to talk to me? Like, like, you're tripping. Like, get like get out of here. I don't know. I don't want to talk to you. So um, the next week I was on the floor and uh, he called me the nursing floor and he called me and he was like, hey, um, like Warner wants to get on a call this weekend. And I was like, what? I like ran laps around the floor. I was like so stoked. It was like a dream come true. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how everything kind of snowballed. The, the The trips to New York was what let me on to like, okay, this is probably going to turn into something. And that it's real. But yeah, does the fact yeah. that it's real change anything on how like as to how you create? So I was uh, I was really anxious about everything because my manager was begging me to quit my job. He was like, "Please stop! Like, just just go and like go full time. Like, you need to like go and like make music." Meanwhile, my mom is freaking out because she's just like, "Who's trying to like abduct you and sell you? <laughs> like, 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 why are you? Why do you need to go to New York?" Um, the creative process did get a little bit different. Um, and I think that's, that definitely plays a part into like how I'm writing now. Um, I did ha start considering back then, like even back then, like even as soon as I signed, like, okay, now I have other people that I need to make happy. Like what, what makes them happy? Like what makes me a legitimate artist? I, I really struggled with that. Um, and at the end of the day, you just have to 
trust in yourself, like like I said. So, what makes a legitimate artist? That's what I'm trying to wrangle with, man. It's um, I'm trying to think about like what establishes legitimacy for the artist that I love in my mind, and um, part of it is just I don't know the there's a certain quality to it. I know a lot of people call it star quality. Um, it's like a state of thinking that they're not even human. Like John Mayer, sometimes he's shredding on the stage and he's just like a god. And like, that's just what separates him from like, you know, the rest of man or like even Frank Ocean, you know, he's just an amazing lyricist and um, melody wizard and the atmosphere that just like sucks you in when you listen to Blonde, you know, that's just, that's that quality. And that godlike energy is fueled by, you know, their art and their passion and their lyrics and fueled by a bunch of things. Right. I think it's interesting how you started this whole thing anonymously. Would you still have picked Keshi as the name if it was just you, or would you have done that differently? Yeah, I really love, I've come to really fall in love with with Keshi and, um, like, the artist as, as like, a concept. It's kind of weird. It's it's my line in the sand that kind of separates, like, me from the listeners and the fans where I'm kind of just like, okay, this is what I want to show you. Um this is all I want you to see, like, from me, you know, there's, um, it feels a little strange when I have fans kind of digging into my personal life, and, like, I start seeing pictures of me from, like, my childhood come out on fan accounts, and I'm like, how did you get this, you know, um, so, I don't know, it, it, it's an adjustment period for me, I would but, definitely still pick Keshi. But the lyrics are based on a reality that you experience yeah, as you, absolutely. a human being. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's, um, like the thing about having an artist being able to uh, convey these ideas out is that like it you don't have to be like just you don't have to be right because when we feel things mm-hmm. in the moment we feel them as you know like as people um so like the parts of Keshi that come out are definitely the most undiluted like parts of me I'm like I'm a reasonable person I'm not gonna like go and like like you know off myself because of like a terrible situation but you know there are certain times where like you have really extreme emotions and it's an outlet for me to kind of express them do you write right when you feel things or do you wait and process and then write or do you write to process uh i would say write to process it's not it's never like uh i'm gonna get in the studio like right away sort of thing um but like i said i i always love making the music first and then once the beats laid down then i'll kind of explore through my heart like what have i been going through recently so will you and, um, will you play the guitar emotionally or will you do you have to be clear-headed to come up with new things on the guitar like what what is that definitely definitely clear-headed it's a very like separated process actually um it's not like i'll go in thinking like oh man like i want to write like a sad song today or like i want to write like an upbeat song today because i'm feeling it it's definitely more of like a what intrigues me sonically first i'm a music lover by heart so i'll just like find like the coolest sounding thing that I can make and I'll put that down and then I'll kind of figure out like the the writing from there got it you know we obviously were talking about you being a nurse and then in beside you you talking about yeah. you talk about smoking cigarettes as a nurse <laughs> it doesn't seem like it would uh, go together <laughs> yeah 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 I um I don't smoke that often there are occasions where I where I do and when I feel like I need to um there were definitely, I feel like there were definitely times as a nurse where I smoked more often than like when I was a, like an artist because I was just so stressed. Yeah. Um, this is the first time where this is going to come out publicly, but I was living at my 
at my parents' house, right? I would like go downstairs like in the dead of night to just like go smoke cigarettes. Like I would be like go outside in the parking lot at like like one or two a.m. to just like clear my head because I was just like, this is terrible. Was it this is terrible because you weren't doing the career you wanted to do, or is that because of what you were seeing every day at work? Definitely the the first. Definitely because of uh, it was the a career that I didn't want to do. Um, I I definitely had like a like a a wall over my heart that was like you have to be thick skinned like anything that happens in the day in order to get by to the next day you have to just like shield yourself off from it and you can get through so you 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 do meet a lot of veteran nurses who like nothing phases them anymore like you know and that's a result of years and years of getting a little callous that's scary isn't it yeah it i mean it is but to care so much time, that you become numb yeah that's what yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Um, you, you have to cope. You have to cope to do a job that, you know, demands a lot from you. Like, you can't just be stunned that someone, like, came into the ER and they're bleeding everywhere and they have glass all up in their body. And you have to, like, think, like, right away, like, what do they need? Like, what, what do they need to stay alive? Um, I didn't work in the ER very long. I just... I was just present for some really crazy scenes like when I was uh, interning so oncology is pretty tough uh oncology is tough yeah your music is filled with so much emotion and it starts yeah. with the guitar and it makes mm-hmm. its way to the lyrics uh, really beautiful stuff like I need you another one of my favorites um thank you what song in your mind changed your life though oh of mine or of somebody yeah, else's of yours the song that changed my life, um, literally changed my life, is a song called um, Too Soon. Mm. Um, that was like your first that was, big one, yeah? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm surprised you know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I was <laughs> um, listening to that too. Really good. Yeah. It was It was my very first like big song that kind of appealed to um, like a lot of people that weren't just the ones that were on Takeshi like in the beginning like it just kind of broke through the seams a little bit um and that's when I started to kind of figure out what my sound was going to be in terms of like the music kind of world um because we talk a lot about like you know um emulating our favorite artists and all that stuff so I started to find out my sound after too soon I was like oh like this is where I am this is my niche right here um and I gained a lot of confidence after I released that song and uh, it's is your niche the same today? I would I would think it is. I'm not sure that anyone is quite able to replicate the sound that like I love to make. And I think that's why I'm so hard to write with in terms of collaboration. I've definitely been in writing sessions. Um, but at the end of the day, like I don't really use anything that's that's, you know, spoken about. I'll be like, "Yeah, this is dope. This is dope." But it, it kills me to like t- turn down someone else's like hard worked idea like right in front of them when we've been working for four hours um but i'll i always say like oh i'll take it home i'll take it home so i do take it home just the beats by themselves i take them all home and then i write to them by myself who's the most famous uh co-write you were in a session with that you've definitely left hanging oh i feel like you've um, gotten some good sessions i've looked on your instagram we have some mutual friends have you written with alec benjamin before I have not written without Alec Benjamin. He actually, we actually just linked up and just started talking. So we haven't yet. Um, excited to get into something with him though. He's, he's amazing. He is amazing. Um, I haven't left anyone really huge hanging about the writing. No, the definitely, um, like, I would say that the biggest person that we have a song ready 
coming out is with uh, Max Schneider. Oh, love Max. Yeah. Dan's obsessed. I love with him. Max. And Max is just a great guy. He's the sweetest human being I've ever met. I was um, I was at his house um, uh, in LA recently, and like I just I got to meet his wife, his parents, his kid, and um, they're all like lovely. It was like a scene out of a movie. <laughs> Emily is one of the greatest human beings and the kindest souls. And she um, is, she is. Max is genuinely one of the most talented people I know, hands down. And uh, his no, talent absolutely. is only matched by his kindness. And Dan is a super fan. I just, I just think he's the nicest guy in the world. He, is. he really is. He, I mean, he. I, I was actually so blown away when I met him because um, he's just like so down to earth and genuine, and like his smile just radiates like. Like just sweetness, just pure, just a pure human being. Are you making this debut album in LA? Like, have you spending a lot of time there, or are you spending most of it in Houston? Yeah, so it's been an interesting process. The uh, producer who um, I've worked very closely with, he lives in LA, so we have been blocking out dates where I would go there for two weeks. I would just like kick it at an Airbnb for two weeks and go to a studio every day. And the focus wasn't on writing, but creating like a sonic palette, basically, so I could mm-hmm. come home. And write to it later um so the the album sonically is, is done which is a funny thing to say it's a funny thing to hear the whole record before it's like written um but now that i have everything it's very easy for me to just like come in um like the song is fertile for me to write on and i just try to bang it out and it's out and like they've been coming out really fast like in like less than three days it's been great wow You're, so you essentially yeah. take all the sonics and you match emotion and stories to them after yeah yeah basically yeah um, and you know, even if they're even if it's a mismatch, that's kind of fun. Like I don't I don't tether myself too strongly to what the uh, the mood of the track is. Um, and the nice thing is that I know my way around a DAW, so like I can like edit things if I need to, and I don't have to like consult him to like send me back a different version where like you know the song is edited or anything. I can just do it all myself here. Do you have a date for the debut album? Uh, no, not yet. Um, trying to wrap it first, and then we'll announce it like whenever it's closer to the to the date. Yeah. So I just want to ask. So you have like yeah. an, a complete album of instrumentals. Do you just like put it on your car in your studio and just kind of hum along and yeah. see what works? Yeah. So it's more like focusing on one track like at a time. Um, and I will listen to that like over and over again. Like whether it's half written, I'll bounce it and I'll put it in my phone. If I'm on the drive somewhere, I'll just listen to it over and over again. Um, so yeah, I do. I have. I'm. I'm more than halfway done. So I don't have that many instrumentals to listen to left. Wow. Keshi. Yeah. An honor. There's a link in the description that below, so friend, much. to listen to Deserve You. Uh, beside you, Jesus, Deserve You. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know where my head's at. The world does deserve you. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> Thank you, guys. No, it was um, an it was, honor. No, it was, a, it was a pleasure for me. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. My apologies. No, stop it. And uh, uh, <laughs> sorry to keep you. Please come back for your debut album. We appreciate it. I will absolutely come back if you guys will have me. Thank you guys so much. Have a Anytime. good night. Peace and love. Yeah. Peace and love. Hey, beautiful human. Thanks for hanging out with me, Dan, and Keshi. It means a lot. Let's do it again soon, and please let us know who you're listening to so we know who we should invite on the show next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Please, beautiful human, be safe, hug your family if you can, and don't go to jail. Have an amazing tomorrow. Peace and love. Talk to you soon.